Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Hope everybody's doing well. Now we're going to go to listener questions number 92 today. Yes, people writing in all kinds of stuff and um, getting to a point where I'm just putting it through the synthesizer if I can in order to expedite the process because I'm not going to sit here and read all these damn emails to you. Just got to be straight up with you. So we're going to go through that in particular. Don't forget, the last week of the month, we got the NFL draft. So stay tuned for that, because I know some people are going to be kind of upset. I'm not even a Raiders fan, and I'm upset for the Raiders. But these things happen. We're going to get to it in just a moment. You've got mail. Subject, my extramarital affair with my married female boss. Dear Jazen, I am writing to you because I have been a fan of your Romantic Truth podcast for a while now, and I believe that you could provide me with some valuable advice on a difficult situation I am currently facing. I have also given you permission to publish this email on your podcast if you feel that it could help other listeners going through similar situations. I am a married woman living in Austin, Texas. My husband and I have been married for almost 10 years, and we have two children together. Recently, our marriage has been going through a rough patch. My husband and I used to be involved in the swingers lifestyle, but I realized that it was not for me, and it caused some tension between us. However, my husband continued to be involved in the lifestyle, which has led to our marriage deteriorating. In the midst of all this, I found myself developing feelings for my married female boss. I never thought of myself as someone who could be attracted to another woman, but the more time I spent with her, the more I realized that I had fallen for her. We started to have an extramarital affair, and while I know that what we are doing is wrong, it has been the only source of happiness in my life lately. I feel guilty for cheating on my husband, but at the same time, I feel like I am stuck in a loveless marriage. I don't know what to do, and I am afraid that if my husband finds out about my affair, it will only make things worse. Jazen, I am hoping that you can provide me with some advice on how to deal with this situation. I understand that what I am doing is wrong, and I am willing to take responsibility for my actions. However, I am also looking for a way to move forward and find happiness in my life. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. I look forward to hearing back from you. Sincerely, Shelia. Now Shelia, where do we start? Look, um... The introduction of you being involved in the swingers lifestyle, who actually started that? Was it you or your husband? Did you guys go in it together? 
But was he into lifestyle before you guys got together and you were not? I'm willing to bet that it's the latter. You became uncomfortable with it in a sense, but you went along with it based on the fact that, well, after all, you wanted to please your husband, you wanted the marriage to flourish, you thought that you were doing the right thing as a participant. Now, this exposed you to a lot of uh, different uh, situations, sexual situations. And for some reason, you probably found yourself stimulated by another woman. Even though, when you talk about not having any interest in a woman before, I think you're referring to the past before you got married. You might have had that trigger already cocked early on, but it just never went to full velocity. And now that it has, you're feeling kind of guilty, feel a little bit out of control from what you've written. Now you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself this question. Why are you attracted to this woman? What is the fundamental reason? Does it have a lot of uh, resemblances to situations that you were encountering in the swingers life? In other words, more than likely you probably were with someone who was married before. So therefore, that's been kind of normalized and it's probably gone against the standards that you had prior to going into the marriage. Against those boundaries. They had set up from those values and the structure of your standards. In a way, I sense that you're kind of frustrated because what has happened, you feel as though you probably failed yourself by not holding true to those standards and values that you had before getting into this marriage. Now, you don't want the lifestyle, but now you do want this woman in particular. Now, I'm willing to bet you, you guys have a lot of nexus that really work with you. Both of you are married, both of you probably have family, both of you work at the same place, and therefore you have a lot of time together. Probably talked about some things that were intimate that both of you could empathize with each other about and relate to. And there's a good possibility that she's probably in the same place you are romantically. You mentioned you're in a loveless marriage. third party is not going to fix it. That's a band-aid. And I know it feel good, feels good for the moment for you to have this respite from the heartache that you're experiencing in your marriage. But the marriage is still broken. So therefore, you may have to look at other avenues in order to fix it. Your counselor would probably have you two really take some time and work on each other. 
Now, I know there's a good possibility that one of the two of you, if not both of you, may not want any kind of therapy. But that might be the thing for you, to go and get a licensed therapist in your area to see what is actually going on in your marriage if you can fix it. You see, one thing that happens a lot of times with couples, that person may introduce something into the relationship. Remember I talked about the X factor? That one thing you don't know about your partner? And they spring it on you at the time they feel as though it's appropriate? Now he probably was a straight-laced guy when you first married. He probably didn't introduce you to the lifestyle until he was married to you. And that way, some people actually think, well, since I'm married to this person, I can let my hair down and be who I am, really. Some people do it in relationships. They have that facade going on for a short period of time. But being that it's not authentic and it's not them, they can only keep it up so long before their true colors really show. In this case, that's what's happened here. Now, there's a good possibility you would like your marriage to succeed, but you've kind of given up on it. My question to you would be, when did you first notice that you were in a loveless marriage? What efforts did you guys go through to try to work things out? Or was it just you doing the work and him saying that there's no problem? I don't know what you're talking about. There's a degree of alienation that you may be experiencing from that. Now, a couple of things I'll tell you is this. Even though your relationship is discreet with this lady right now, and your husband would have a fit probably if you were to reveal this to him. But according to one study, I think it was about a thousand people that were surveyed, couples, married couples, they asked the men, which would be the hardest to take? Wife cheating with another man or cheating with another woman? And the men said cheating with another man. The way they looked at it, of course, was due to the fact that they were under the impression, as most men are, that the other woman is not necessarily a threat. If anything, she could probably be persuaded into having a threesome or having it where the relationship can still function. Now, you have a certain percentage of men that are, you know, territorial. They don't want anybody there. They won't take you back under any circumstances, no matter who you're with. Just like there's some women who do the same thing with men. If a guy was with another woman or with a transgender woman, I mean, with a man or with a transgender woman, it varies. But now, if he does, and when he does find out, I should say, what is your plan? The one thing that I would not recommend that you do is not have one. You're going to have to have some choice as to what you're going to do. Right now, you can make the decision. 
Go to counseling with your husband. See if that will work. If you haven't already. Or you could go and um, work with this woman and see what it was going to be like. I personally don't think she's going to leave her husband to you. Because usually what happens with relationships like these, especially when spouses are involved, Thing. This also serves as a cover for the two of you to be together and not being suspected of being together because women are more sociable. So therefore, the husbands may not be so threatened about the two of you going shopping or whatever and you taking time off in order to have fun with each other. The problem with that is eventually those feelings and those emotions are going to overflow to a point where going to be obvious. But see, what you want to do basically is have this without any explanation. And please, don't use this term that I hear so often people use, mansplaining. Thinking that, oh yeah, well he's going to mansplain it away about all of the problems that we have in our marriage and he's just going to just do that. No. That's a cover for you point your finger quicker than he did. What it comes down to, my dear, is that you've now started something that has nothing to do with your relationship or your marriage. This has more to do with you. You see, most people, if they were going to do something like this, doesn't matter whether she's another woman or not, they would have levels of commitment in essence, leaving spouses, being together. But here's the thing that I would probably expect even if you both were to divorce your spouses, you probably wouldn't be together afterwards. Because then you would enjoy the autonomy and the freedom of being single again bask in the moment without having to worry about the overhead and headache of a relationship. Because you both would just be getting out of one. Along with at that. Then you gotta ask what's the impact on the children? Your children and her children. How would that work? Could you deal with the alienation? Could you deal with the two of you losing your jobs over this? If it violates company policy. Can you deal with the social ostracizing that you'll get from family, friends, and everyone else in society that sees you? This is nothing more than a discreet relationship that you have with this woman. What I expect to happen sooner or later is going to end shortly. Because I don't see either one of you really giving up your partner. And it has nothing to do with trying to identify as heterosexual or anything like that. It has to do with security. Because see, if this was something that was a sure bet, you wouldn't have written this email. You would have just done it. 
So there are plenty of questions there, but only you can give the answer. And I don't give advice like I told the other uh, call, the other uh, person that wrote in. I don't give advice. The only thing I can do is to give you my opinion on what you've written me. So the only thing I would say to you is this. You have to make a choice now. Or else when he finds out, he's going to make one for you. There's usually only two options. Well, three, if you also count being indifferent, not caring. I've known couples that cheated on each other for years, but they had not slept together in decades. Hell, I almost got in trouble one night. A lady that I knew used to hang out in the clubs, and I'd see her from time to time at different clubs. Them Jays would see her out there at Zelda's and Palm Desert, different places, and she had a cavalcade of men on her arm every time she would go into a, an establishment. She'd have a new guy. Hell, I thought she was single all the time. I made the mistake of walking up to this lady one night, and I said, oh, I see you got a new boyfriend. She cleared her throat and looked at me, and she said, that's my husband. I felt like a total jackass at that point. I wanted to crawl under a table and hide. The guy just looked up and looked away. And I knew he knew. So what I'm telling you is that you have a lot to risk and a lot to lose, both of you. I think this is just something that you guys want to go through. Who knows, I could be wrong. You guys will probably be passionately in love with each other. But you got to separate from what you were exposed to in a single's lifestyle compared to who you were as a person. And you have to look at the changes you've made since your marriage. And you have to understand, you might have been curious about being with another woman in the past, but you never acted on it. Now that you have, it could very well be something that you had laying dormant for a very long time within you. You gotta ask yourself another question. Did you marry your husband to reassert your heterosexual tendencies by nature? To fight the very thing into right now, which is another woman. Did you use him as a beater? But see, you couldn't even call yourself straight, heterosexual. You might call yourself heteroflexible. The new term that they're putting out there. Or bisexual. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to identify with those terms anymore because they're seeming to be antiquated because now you have a whole litany of different terms you can use to describe yourself now. So it's funny, the other day, a lady asked me 
what pronoun did I want to use? We had a conversation about pronouns here and this other lady and I was at the store. And I said, billionaire. And she said, billionaire, why is that? I said, because with a pronoun, you could, the way it is now, you could be anything you want to be, right? I said, so instead of he, just call me billionaire. And the lady laughed and she said, you're not a billionaire. I said, no, I'm not. I said, but being that you could be anything you want to be, according to the way things are in society today, instead of he, billionaire. Just for the word, the sake of the word. Then she asked me, what race was I? And I messed up with this one. I told her I was Afro-Hispanasian. She said, that's not a race. I said, yes, it is. She said, no, it's not. I said, yes, it is. She said, how so? I said, because just like these people are making up different designations of themselves, why can't I do the same? She's like, yeah, but it, it, it's not legitimate. I said, well, what made the other designations legitimate? Because everybody's saying it, everybody's repeating it. She says, well, how can you be Afro-Hispanation? I said, what I did was just compile all of the races into one, along with uh, one ethnicity. Asian, African, Caucasian, and Hispanic. Well, in that way, I could be accepted by anybody, right? And they looked at me with that puzzled look. I said, so you could walk out of the store and say you're a shopping cart. There'll be some people that will call you Miss Shopping Cart. That's how ridiculous this is. And she says, oh, you're being a cynic. I said, yes, you're right. I said, because this is cynical. Because in 10 years, all of this is going to go away. It's like every other trend we've had in our society. Remember the buppies? How many people call themselves buppies and yuppies now? Nobody. We come up with these cliche terms based on avoiding complacency, avoiding normalization, avoiding being categorized as something you are, referring to be something you're not. See, the things we're familiar with sometimes we don't want to be associated with. We want to distance ourselves from it. understand an example of that. I'm from the South. I don't eat soul food. Why? Not because I'm better than anyone in the South. I look at the fact that a lot of that shit is not healthy. And besides, why would I want the feet, the tail, and the ears of a pig? I want the main portion of the damn pig if I'm going to eat the pig. The ribs. Still trying to figure out the term spare ribs. How do you have an extra set of ribs somewhere? 
find it funny, you go to the doctor, they never say, yeah, you know, you got a problem with your spareribs. However, there was a guy in the Marine Corps that served with us that, uh, I'm still not convinced that he was human. I don't know how he got in the Marine Corps. But that's a different story. But, I will tell you this. I just think overall with this whole idea that you have, you're looking at something that's short term. And don't be surprised at some point, one of you are going to have cold feet. But you never know. There could be a possibility, a small possibility, that this could work. But I could tell just by the way you wrote this email, you're on the fence. Which means that security, more importantly, no matter how messed up it is with a loveless marriage, that it is by yourself. That's why you need to look first within your own soul. Well, you invested so much in this marriage that you were willing to accept the loveless aspect of it just so that you could cope so you would not be alone. And you're getting with this woman for that same reason. You may need to ask yourself that and do some soul searching. Because there's more to you than indecision. There's more to you than being led by the fear of being alone. You just have to reach down in your core where it came from and reassert yourself once again. Because I'm willing to bet you in that marriage, you took your boundaries and threw them away along with some of your standards and values. And that's why you're here. That's why you write me. Hi Jawson, I love listening to your show. I'm a 46-year-old mom. Nasty MILF wanting to chat with other nasty moms and MILFs. For 20 plus years, I was a repressed housewife who wanted nothing more than a traditional home and life, until my husband left me for a younger woman. Within the past few years, I have rediscovered myself in a new, personal, sexual revolution and wanted to talk to other moms and MILFs about their own sexual kinks. I've especially gotten into some nasty kinks that I would love to talk about. I do consider myself a lesbian at this point, so woman only. If you're a younger woman, feel free to send a chat but I am looking for older ladies. Maxine, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Alright Maxine, um, well, I can't help you as far as trying to get you hooked up with anybody, if that's what you're looking for, but let's talk about what you wrote in about. Now, it's nice that you have uh, rediscovered yourself and you got out of your marriage and now you're looking for a woman like yourself. Now, 
here's the thing. That is your truth. That's who you believe you are. Can't change that. You went under this phase of rediscovery after you got out of the marriage to clear your head. Okay? Well, you know, you designated that. You know the direction you're into. Now, what I want to know, and you can write me back on this. Was this your intention in the first place? Did you try to deny these feelings? Early on, like before you got married. I'm thinking that a lot of it manifested during your marriage. Where you got to a point where you basically loved yourself. Not uncommon. There was one lady that I went out with. Very nice lady. Thick, tall, beautiful woman. And she made it abundantly clear on our first date that we weren't going to have sex ever in the relationship. We could be close. We could be in a relationship. But it's a platonic thing. Now, she didn't tell me that when I met her at the mixer. She was all upbeat, but it was my fault for implying that she was looking for an intimate relationship as well as one that was going to be sustainable. And I should have picked up on the red flags in our conversation, but I didn't. It was my fault on that, my bad. And what I found out was she had been so accustomed to being alone. Last boyfriend that spoke her heart in a thousand pieces. That she actually found comfort in having sex with herself. But she still wanted the external aspect of a relationship. The affection, the hug, the kissing, and all the rest of that. She just didn't want integration. She just didn't want that. As she saw it, it was reserved only for her. It was the oddest situation I ever ran into. We were very cordial to each other, very nice, and you know, she made it abundantly clear. And I was thinking at the time there was something wrong with me. I thought that maybe it's something I did wrong, and I asked her about this. She said, no, you didn't do, do anything. Well, I would have treated any man the same way I, I told you. That would have happened with any man. She was so isolated. She hadn't dated anyone about four years before we went out on that date. Because that guy really did her in. I mean, he did some damage to her emotions. And so therefore, as she saw it, the best thing was to be autonomous. Totally autonomous. Even when the bill came, she insisted on paying for her half. I said, you don't have to worry about it, I got it. She said, oh no. Nobody does anything for me. And I knew then, no need to climb up that tree. And for a long time, I actually thought that I had done something wrong. Then I had to come to the realization 
way she was. I was going to try to change the situation by putting something on it that didn't exist. Think that I did something wrong. The interesting thing is with this situation is that you're at a point where now you could actually pursue the fantasies that you wanted to. I noticed the way you describe some of the things you're into and that you're specifically looking for a woman like yourself. And I'm looking at it from the standpoint that these younger women that would try to communicate with you would be just like I was on the date with that lady. A thanks, but no thanks. The only difference is she was in love with herself. You're that way in a way, but you want to share it with another woman that's like you. And you'll probably find her. So I can't really come at you for not rediscovering who you are as a person. This is who you are. And you're comfortable with who you are, and that's the main thing that's important. Now, I'm sure you've had a lot of people around you or associated with you that are like, oh, damn, she changed. No, the only thing that's changed is that they did not know who you were because they weren't in your head. We had already made that decision for yourself. You only see the result. You know, it's more or less like I always tell you. The daylight we see now is eight minutes in delay from the sun. Three minutes from the moon. So, in that respect, I think you found your new awakening. And this is part of your journey in life. And it's good to embrace it. But just remember, this is not a show where I can hook people up. I don't do that. I'm not that, that busy. But I wish you all the best. And thank you for writing in. You've got mail. Hi Jazen, my name is Terry and I'm a 27-year-old African-American woman trying to make ends meet. My boyfriend and I have been living together for the last two years here in Atlanta. A couple of days ago I came home to catch him in bed with another man. He tried to explain I got back in my car and drove to my mom's house and I refused to even speak to him. This has hurt me worse than anything else. I know I am not a bad-looking woman I have attached a photo to prove it. The other photo that I've attached please do not distribute or share but I wanted you to understand that most men would not turn a woman down like me. I realize that I cannot compete I don't have a penis and I don't have a beard, so I guess I was used as his beard so he could go and pursue penis. My family has been very supportive and they would not allow him to be within a mile of me. Why do men do this? Ooh wee, Terry. After seeing these photos, let me tell you something. You bring your ass to Vegas. 
I guarantee you I'll give you stretch marks. <laughs> yeah, Terry, you are definitely... Yeah, he fucked up. Judging from these photos, he fucked up with a capital F. And the thing that's crazy, you look as just as good with clothes on as you do naked. I mean, damn. When I bring your ass to Vegas. But let's get to your situation. I might have to fly to Atlanta. But anyway, here's the thing. Terry, there's nothing you can do about that. He was on the down low before you met him, dear. Yes, he used you for concealment. He's a booty demon. That's the way it goes. So, he's gay. Okay, big deal. Your feelings are crushed, I know. Because you're at that point where you don't feel as though you can do anything. A lady did me like that one time. She was down low lesbian and was using me to cover for her parents. I should have known something was up because I met her parents the first night we met. First date. And she was all under me around them. As soon as we got back in the car, she was on passenger side. I was driving just like we had never met each other. I tried to hold her hand. She went on and gave me that, that limp noodle hand. And then she told me, uh, well, drop me off at my girlfriend's house. Now, I was thinking girlfriend in the standpoint, you know how you ladies have female friends that are girls. What I didn't know was that she had a full-blown relationship with this lady. And what she was doing was using me in order to cover her tracks. And my dumb ass trying to do everything under the sun to try to accommodate her, trying to see what was going on, thinking I was doing something wrong. Listening to her tell me, telling me all these things that I was doing wrong, and then I had to really reevaluate them and kind of find out I wasn't doing shit wrong. I was just the wrong gender for her. She could have told me that in the beginning, saved me some time, money, and effort, and I could have been on my way. I think you have the same frustration here. But I'm going to tell you, if he passed that up from what I saw in those pictures that you sent me, I'll be honest with you. Terry, I got to be honest with you. We'll be having sex every hour. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. See, this is the kind of woman... <laughs> Physically, she's got it. But there had to be something else going on that caused this to happen. Now, true enough, don't get me wrong. He probably used you to cover himself in order to get what he wanted. Tell women all the time, they're talking about they're going to go to Atlanta to find a man. You got men walking around there with better men than some of the women could get. That's just the way it goes. So, 
What does this come down to and what does it mean? Well, it's not a situation, Terry, where you need to go and have angst or visceral towards the gay community. This man deceived you. Only he did that. The community of people that are gay didn't do it to you. So I don't want you to have that blind anger. I sure would like for you to ask on a Southwest flight out here. Let me stop. But here's the thing. You get to Vegas, man. I don't. Here's the thing. <laughs> Let me stop. Here's the thing. You have to uh, protect yourself. You did the right thing by getting away from it. Because now you know who he wants, what he wants. And it's not you. I would not expect closure if I were you with something this abrupt, something this brass. I would think that is something that uh, has occurred. And therefore, you have to contend with it. In other words, he wasn't honest with you in the beginning. I think y'all could have made it as friends. Because then, let's see, here's the thing that's really sad. You have a lot of people who still do this because of their family, friends, or whomever. If you're gay, if you're lesbian, if you're transgender, you might as well just come out of the closet and just be yourself. Now, I know it's dangerous in some places, so don't let me be so flippant with that. But what I am saying is that where it's safe for you to be yourself. Just like with us as black folks. We're not safe in some sundown towns in the south and in Midwest and back east, even out west in some places. So you have to watch your surroundings, the people around you. So, yeah, you have to look out for yourself. You have to look over your shoulder. There are places where heterosexual women have to be very careful because there are male predators out there. You never know. But what I would say here, ma'am, is this. When it comes down to you in this situation, I know it's frustrating and uh, you don't want to overdo it by getting a guy that's so insecure that yeah he is macho and he's masculine but he's also controlling he's also insecure he's also gonna grip you to zip you the last thing on earth I love to grip all them hips but I'm gonna quit looking I'm gonna quit looking folks I'm trying to talk to y'all because my dick keeps hitting the microphone, knocking it out the way, and I'm trying to adjust it. Get this thing back where it's supposed to be. There we go. All right. Now. <laughs> Forgive me. My parents didn't uh, take out a warranty on me when I was born, so you get what you get. But anyway, in all seriousness, I think you really need to uh, take some time and not take all this burden on yourself because after all, he deceived you. 
Now, true enough, okay, he's gay, big deal. But here's the thing that I'm saying. Even if it would have been where he wasn't gay, or was with another woman, it still would hurt the same. And I know it hurts a little bit more because it's someone of his same sex. But you can't let that ruin your life. There was no way you could filter this out. You remember I talked about the X Factor? This is an X Factor for him. You probably had no clue that he was like this. And now you found out. And I can't blame you for being upset. I'd be upset too if somebody bullshitted me and then all of a sudden I found out that they were in a relationship with someone else despite the gender. I'd have been pissed. So I understand the level of your pistification, your pistocracy. I understand it. I know, Jesse Jackson, School of Languages, just make up a word, like the one lady did from uh, North Kentucky. So, this is what you're dealing with. But I think you could persevere and get through it. Don't wear it on your sleeve like it's a scarlet letter. It's not. This is not an indictment on you. You didn't turn him gay. You didn't make him that way. He was there before you even got into the relationship. You just needed someone to cover him. But the problem with that is that when he does come clean, he's going to realize he didn't have to do all that shit. The only thing he had to do was just actually stand up just be who he is as he is. I tell people, as long as you're upfront and honest with them in the beginning and give them a choice, that's the best option. I've had women lie to me and tell me they didn't have any children because the kids were dumped off at their mother's home. That deception ain't no joke. I hate it. We all have to contend with a component of it every once in a while. And it's pretty fucked up to deal with. Honesty is the best policy. The difficulty is finding someone that's honest enough to have that policy in place. My dear, just talk it up to experience. Get your ass a ticket to come to Vegas and we'll go buy some maternity clothes at Ross. Oh, let me stop. <laughs> ooh, 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 you shouldn't have sent me that picture. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to guard that picture. Look, if my phone never gets wiped, I'm going to make damn sure. Matter of fact, I'm going to make it my screensaver. I'm going to make damn sure nothing happens to this photo. Oh, no one will ever see this photo. This is mine. More in a minute, folks. You've got mail. I need words of encouragement. I am writing your anonymously because the cat has been let out of the bag. My husband found out about an affair that I was having with his best friend. His wife does not know yet because I at least got my husband to promise me he would not tell her. 
She and I work together and it would just cause drama on my job and we both need every dime we can scrape up. I have been rather quiet and humble around him and it has been hell to pay in respect to the way I'm treated now in the marriage. I'm really pissed that this jerk told my husband because I wouldn't sleep with him anymore about our relationship. My husband was tempted to tell his wife about our affair but so far I think I have got him away from that idea. It feels awkward when she picks me up to go to work and she is all bubbly without knowing that the reason why her husband cheated with me is because she is not into oral or anal sex. I didn't feel as though it was my place to tell her. Does that make me a bad person? Yes, it does, Miss Anonymous. I will tell you. I had to take a shower after reading this email. Be quite upfront with you. Look, this woman trusts you enough to pick your ass up and take you to work every day. And you're sleeping with her husband. Okay, so you now know the reason why he's cheating on her because you're doing the things she wouldn't do. And your husband found out. How long do you think your husband's going to keep that secret? The only reason why he's keeping it in any capacity is because he don't want to be embarrassed by your actions. You fucked this relationship up. Nobody else did. And that tells me that something, something is wrong with your marriage. And you're worried about, are you a good person? I tell you folks, people who cheat, they're selfish. And what she's doing is trying to qualify her selfishness. Oh, am I a bad person? She don't give a shit about what she's done. She's only concerned about her own reputation. If I was your husband, I would call an attorney. I wouldn't even bother going to counseling with your ass. Mm -mm. I call an attorney. And I'll say, you know what? Start writing up the paperwork now. I'll be over there in a minute to sign it. I wouldn't waste any money on counseling with you. And the reason for it is because, and you fall into most of the demographic graphic statistics that I've seen, especially with that survey with LA Detective. When they surveyed to find out out of this married group of married people, how many would actually cheat on their spouse and get away with it if they, if they could get away with it? Over 50% said they would. 
you'd fall in line with them. 60% of people who cheat, cheat with someone that the two parties know. As if you've done in this particular situation. And you're worried about the drama at work. What, are you worried about losing your job? You're worried about forfeiting the lifestyle you have? So you want your cake and eat it too. And you know good and well that when that um, friend of yours finds out that you slept with her husband, oh yeah, that's going to be some shit. And don't let it get back to the workplace. You're going to be odd person out. You'll be looking for a job. And this is the very reason why you don't want to have your husband tell him. Oh, but trust me, your husband's going to do that. See, one thing that we as men rarely do if a woman cheats with somebody we know like our buddy we pissed off at the guy for sure the only reason why the woman's exempt is because the guy's going to try to fuck the woman again and he don't want to mess her up now he can take his anger out on a person with the same gender because he won't get in trouble as much. Probably still get battery or whatever. However, you have to look at a few things here. His wisest move would really be to divorce you. I know that sounds terminal. And the only reason why I say this is because you've done this. And you told him. But you did it so close to home. That's the problem. Even if it would have been a co-worker, it wouldn't have been so bad. But your man's friend, and now you're going to break up that friendship for sure. And you might have given your husband and that guy's wife an incentive to be together. You know this happened before, you know. So be mindful of that. Your behavior is bad. You're not a bad person, but your behavior is fucked up. So if you get divorced and he walks out on you, don't get mad. Because that was something that was unnecessary. What did he do? Tell you that his wife didn't give you oil and anal, so therefore you had to go and say, oh, let me show you. Let me take care of this. See, there's something going on in your own marriage that you're not mentioning here. So, I got a question for you. Even if you guys, let's say hypothetically you guys went to counseling, what would be your goal during that process? 
curious. Why would you even have one? Your goal would be to get out of it and go and do something else. Now, I'm going to tell you the kind of sense that I get from you being that you wrote me anonymously and didn't want any pushback. You just wanted to condone someone to condone what you've done. And I refuse to. Because here's the thing. I have this feeling, and maybe I'm wrong with it, I don't know. I have this feeling that you are a pleaser. Somebody says they have a problem, you don't care what you have to sacrifice, you're going to try to go and help them with their problem because you want to deflect from your own. I have a feeling there's something really fucked up in your marriage. And this is your way of coping. Oh, I'll deflect and focus on this. Then I don't have to worry about thinking about that. You may want to rethink your approach. Just thought I'd share that with you. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Now, we've heard some of these um, questions and issues some people are having. A lot of them are based on poor life choices, PLCs I call them. And what happens with these PLCs, people get drawn into things they shouldn't. They don't have to get drawn into. And some people look at it as a form of excitement. That's the reason why a lot of people get into relationships. They're looking for the entertainment value of the relationship. And what they fail to realize is that a lot of times they're dealing with something that may not be what it seems to be. Now, a couple of things I need to really look at here. A lot of these relationships that these individuals wind up in may not be relationships that are reciprocal. They may not be participatory. They may, may be relationships where one person is putting out more than the other. And in essence, they're not getting what they actually deserve or should get. And some people are okay with that and they think that, okay, well, you know, I'll just deal with whatever. This is my life. This is the way it's been meted out to me. So this is what I'm to expect. Now, the problem for people who have this mindset is their lives become altered immensely. So what they might have started out as, they're no longer. And they go into this relationship, and when they come out, they're now stuck with something they shouldn't have been stuck with in the first place, some sort of burden, liability impediment, setback, and when they go forward into other relationships, people become that more discriminatory against them because, wait a minute, that past experience you was in, it has now altered you from probably where you were in the beginning. And people see this and they're like, thanks but no thanks. And then what happens, people that fit into that criteria of familiarity that they're used to maybe somebody that's a user or something like that, will say, oh, guess what? I got an opportunity here. 
and before you know it, this person falls back into that pattern. And then over time, what happens then, you're starting to see this person that has gone through similar situations over and over again, repetitively. And you start to realize that, wait a minute, this person has now gone full circle in that they're still into the same thing that they're complaining about. They're still being set back and you see that it's a mindset associated with that. And once that mindset is there with them, then they realize, oh my God, you know, there's no way in the world I can fix this. That's the way other people look at them. I can't work with this. I can't tolerate this. And so they move on. Now, let's look at some of the things that will impact a person's perception of you with these PLCs. Having too many kids that you can't afford. That puts you in an economic crisis. Not being able to manage your finances. Purchasing things you cannot afford. These are all liabilities for people that would be interested in you. The assumption of someone else's liabilities. Mothers who co-sign for vehicles, co-sign for mortgages. And uh, speaking of that subject in particular, I just got an email from Jeff out of Denver, Colorado. Jeff is 48, his girlfriend is 55. And Jeff didn't want me to read his email. I wasn't going to read it anyway because it was 14 pages long as far as on air, but I will tell you about it after I got his permission. And I did so. Now, Jeff has an issue because he's dealing with a 55-year-old woman that's trying to prepare for retirement. She only had five years left on her mortgage and the house was going to be completely paid off. Five years. That's it. Out of a 30-year mortgage, five years left. And where he and his woman are at odds she has two daughters both daughters have three children by three by different men so daughter number one has three kids three different baby fathers daughter number two same thing both are unmarried never been married and they're now living with their mother they're trying to get mom to sell the house and get a larger home Mom does not want to sell the house. They're tugging on the heartstrings of mom. But Jeff is in the way with the firm. No. Well, the girls don't really care for Jeff that much, even though both of them have tried sleeping with Jeff, and Jeff has turned him down. Now, he has not told that to mom yet, because if he would tell that to mom, it may be their word against his. Mom's going to have the bias towards the kids, right? So that's a non-starter. So now they're trying to cozy up and be nice to Jeff. They realized pussy wasn't going to work, so they got to try some other tactic. Now, mom and dad, when they were married, they financed both of the daughters' brand new 400 series Lexus automobiles. Now this was before they had kids. This was when they graduated from high school. And both of the daughters managed to try to upgrade their automobiles and they were at a deficit. They owed money from the trade-in 
to the new car. Well, their credit wasn't quite established well enough, so Mom went on and co-signed for both vehicles for this upgrade. And they got behind on the payments, lost the automobiles. Mom's credit took a hit for that. So, they had to wind up coming to Mom. Mom went on and bought them two used cars. Cars ran about $6,000 a piece. Mom took it out of her retirement. She had a little nest egg from her divorce from their father. And ever since, they have been bleeding mom dry. Now, here is the problem. The problem is, they're trying to figure out a way where they can get a place that's going to be cheaper to live in. Except, Mom and Jeff are not feeling The daughters are looking. They're the ones who are going on Trulia and different places, and they're telling Mom, you need to move to Missouri, you need to move to Mississippi, you need to move to Alabama, Tennessee. And Mom is like, no, I love Colorado. This is where I plan on staying. And so now the kids, you know, they're threatening to take the grandkids, or you won't see them again, that kind of thing. And Jeff has told her, let them take the grandkids. It needs to be us now. You've done all you can for them. And she's kind of feeling that way, but she's not quite confident that she should feel that way. What has happened here? Her daughters, based on the emotional aspect of this has now brought their trauma and drama back to mama. Trauma and drama back to mama. And now they put this at mama's doorstep. And mama has to cut the apron strings. And this is one of the hardest things for female parents to do. Ladies, let me tell you something. As men, if we see that you're overly extending yourself to your kids we're not going to hang around we are not hanging around for that shit that's on you and the reason why we don't hang around is because not that we're irresponsible but we already see you messing your lives up even worse like some of you ladies that will meet a man and the man has eight or nine kids and paying all kind of child support or not paying. You don't want to be involved with that shit. You love your paycheck. You don't want to split it. You don't want to where you marry him and then all of a sudden you got to help him pay his child support. No. Well, it's the same rule of thumb with men getting into situations they don't need to. Yes, everybody has different types of problems. But just because everybody has problems doesn't mean that they have to accept yours. You may have normalized your problem. They may look at it as an absurdity. So what may be normal to you is not normal to somebody else. I remember one time I dated a lady and she was upset with me because I wouldn't give her $500 to get her son bailed out of jail. This woman I'd only been going, in, going out with for two weeks. 
I'm gonna bail his ass out. 18 years old, he should have known better. That relationship ended overnight, within seconds. You see, one thing that you have to realize about these people that are in these fucked up situations with these poor life choices, if you can't benefit them to help them with their fucked up liabilities that they bring to you, they have nothing to do with you. And that's good. No matter how they lead with sex, no matter how they lead with uh, trying to make you want to be with them, you got to look at the underlying problem. They haven't fixed that yet. Because they haven't worked on themselves. Oh yeah, they'll go to therapy, but guess what? A lot of times therapy doesn't work because a person may be fixed in their conviction. And therefore they're gonna stick with that no matter what. There's no wrong that can be done. And one thing that you have to also understand too, once these people cannot use you for that specific purpose, they never come back to you. They will ghost you, they will leave you, and they'll go back on a dating site and find somebody else until they find that sucker that's willing to take on that shit. Men and women do this. And as you go to these sites where women contact men first, fellas, I'm gonna tell you, the majority of those sites, those women's lives are fucked up. There are very few of them that are not. You gotta remember, for a woman to come after a man, oh, there have been other men that have already rejected her. She's not doing that out of the kindness of her heart. She's doing that because she's a problem child. The majority of women that I've met on other sites like Hinge, OkCupid, even though they were fucked up financially for the most part, at least one thing I'll give those women. The majority of them made better life choices. When you start dealing with these sites where these women are coming to you first, trust and believe, many of them, they got some fucked up shit going on in their lives. More fucked up than women in more conventional dating environments. And also you'll notice that a lot of those women are not as attractive as the ones you have to pursue. But it's not to say that that's a default and that's always the case, which is not. I'm just putting it out there. You'll find it overextended. Taking care of people they don't need to be taken care of. Spending money on things that they don't need to be spending money on. But they want to help you. They want you, they want to incorporate you into that struggle. That's what they want you to do. Your job is not to do it. Your job is to have a relationship. You can struggle by yourself. Both men and women know that.
Hell, if you want to take on liabilities, there are plenty of them you can take on. You don't have to go on a dating site for that shit. You can just go to your friendly neighborhood grocery store and find somebody that's struggling. It's not hard to do. But this is what happens. And you can't put yourself in that situation where you worry about it. You don't lose any sleep over it. And some of these folks think so high and mighty of themselves that they're doing you a favor. Because some of them actually feel as though because they're a woman. It's just because you're a man and you go after women because I chose you to pursue me because I met you on a site where women make the first move. You're just supposed to come after me and be so gallant and be so glad to be with me. No. You see, let me give you a perception of things, fellas. Women on these first move sites where women make the first move, they look at men as being so desperate they'll take anything. That's the perception. I know my shit's fucked up. Let me get with a man that'll accept my shit that's fucked up. Now I know that's not applying to everybody, so don't write in about that shit. Because I never used to term all. Some people, they got that impediment with their, with their thinking. So that's the problem. That's what you have. So you deal with a lot of women with low self-esteem on these sites. But their self-esteem is just high enough to make you feel like shit. Or make you feel less than. This is the reason why I tell you guys, for a better caliber woman, you better go to the traditional site where a woman is allowing the man to pursue her. Just telling you. Gotta help you. You probably feel better about yourself. But it's up to you. I'm not here to persuade you. I'm not here to convince you. That's not my job. My job is just to point things out and for you to think about them and investigate them yourselves. Do your own due diligence. What I may have said may have been contradicted to what you experience. I'm just only going by my experience. This is just to help you. Because a lot of you go out there and you get with some women. When you write in, you complain just like Jeff did. Jeff met this woman on Bumble. So you have to be careful. It's not an indictment on all the women on Bumble or on Clover or any of those first move sites. But what you have to do as a man is you have to be very selective on those sites. Because I'm telling you, they will come to you with all kind of issues. Now, here's the thing. You will also find a lot of women out there that have had 
double mastectomies, hysterectomies, and all the rest. Ladies, let me tell you something. You're no less of a woman than any other woman. It's unfair for a man to hold that against you. Seriously. If that's the only reason, that's totally unfair. That's hidden below the belt. Because you had to do something to save your life. So there's a whole different perspective there. You're not going in for any kind of vanity surgery or anything like that. You you went in to save your life and to stay in good health. If you have alopecia or anything like that, you're trying to save yourself. Nothing's wrong with that. Don't feel bad. I'm not talking to you in that regard. Surgeries and all the rest of that, that's to save you. I'm talking about people that make poor choices in general. And they know their poor choices because they complain about those choices that they made. And they feel as though, well, I got to go through this struggle. Let me go and grab somebody to go through this struggle with. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because life is hard enough as it is. You have enough struggles to go through individually. And then when you take on somebody else's liability, that only adds to your frustration. And there's no amount of sex, there's nothing a woman can do that would make that acceptable to a man who has his self-esteem in check. Because he knows better. He had to work too hard to get what he has, even if he only has a dime, is his dime. And you could come in with all the ideas and all the things about what you want and what you missed out on and all that shit, but you gotta look at the life choices you made in order to put you in the position where you don't have those choices. That's on you. You made that mistake. Nobody else did. You can't blame exes. You can't blame anybody else but yourself for the person you chose to be in your life to fuck it up the way you did. You could blame tradition. You could blame history. But it's up to you. You were the one that participated. You were the one that made that choice. You were the one that went down like that. That's what you have to come out with. That's what you have to realize. That's what you have to understand. And no matter how much you try to act like you're putting yourself into that person's life, how much you supposedly love them, care about them, means nothing. Because that person doesn't want to be used like you are. That person doesn't want to lose. There are some parents out there, like the one lady that wrote me from Burlington, Vermont. Had everything. Had the husband. Had the fa- had everything going for. Her. And her kids, one by one, came to her. And now she's lost the house that they used to live in. Lost the marriage. Everything that she had wanted, gone. Now she's living with her daughter, and they're struggling. Worried about being a victim. 
because they have milked every honorable, honest, honest resource this woman had. Took her down. Telling her, of course, that they were going to take care of her. And they can't. They couldn't even take care of themselves. And now they brought her down below their level. As you know, guys, most of you fellows will not date a woman who's living with their children. SSOP. Many of you already know this. But some of you ladies who don't, a lot of these men who have resources, they will never take you out of that situation. And the reason why they won't is because what they see is they see a parent who feels entitled to live off their kids. They won't tell you this. Oh, they'll date you and screw you all day long. They won't tell you this. here's the reason why because they know that that kid always has the option to say mom ruined my marriage mom ruined my relationship mom 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 you gotta go you gotta find you a man that's gonna take care of you, you got a place and he could just go and bring you in and what's gonna happen is Mom will move in with you, and that same lump of shit that she was dealing with, those problems, not the people, are going to come over into your life, into that environment. It doesn't stop. Because it's habitual. They're used to doing that. They're used to using mom. And they will take advantage of her nurturing and kindness. This is the reason why fathers usually leave when they see this happening, especially when the kids get old. They already know. The kids need to go out and see the world and get on their own. The son needs to join the military or go to college. The daughter needs to go out and start getting her career together. And mom said, oh no, they, they need to stay near home. And then dad realizes that mom is now sneaking money to the kids. Mom realized, dad realizes that mom has been covering for the son because he hadn't been working in the last few months because he got mad at the boss and quit and went to mom and told her how mean his boss was. But yet, the young man's leaving home every day and dad's thinking he's going to work. And dad's wondering why the money is short in the bank. Our mom is going into her 401k, trying to subsidize her son who wants to now become a rapper or a singer, as opposed to having his ass out there trying to get a job. Oh, you write in about this shit. You write in about it. Or oh, that doubtful grandmother that's always there, loving her grandkids, and spending most of her retirement on them because the mother and the father of those children 
are on vacation in Cabo, taking cruises and all these other excursions. Like the one lady that wrote in about how she was tired of her daughter, always dropping the grandkids off on her. She has to take care of buying the school clothes, take care of Christmas, take care of all these things. Meanwhile, her daughter and her daughter's man are traveling the world. Daughter comes back with a credit card balance and then expects her mother to help pay. Because there are no boundaries. There's no respect. There's no scheduling. Oh, they forget about that part. And then they get upset when the kids are alienated from the parent because they have grown so close to the grandparent. The grandparent had always been their spokesperson. The grandparent had showed up at the PTA meeting. The grandparent reared the child. The grandparent took them to get their shots. The grandparent took them to recitals. Grandparent took them to practice. The teachers, the administrators, the principal knows the grandparents and they look at the grandparents as being the authority over the mother that shows up every once in a while to say that's my baby and to take credit for the work the grandparent has done and get upset at the grandparent because the child has a bond with her over her own mother oh that visceral jealousy and then once the parent realizes that they can't make, it, make inroads to the kid like the grandmother does, well, why don't you just go and get custody of them? Why don't I just give you custody? Well, might as well. That's how grandmothers get used to life. Because you're supposed to just turn gray, put on that duster, and sit around and babysit all day long. You're supposed to sit there and rear those kids because her parents, that child's parents, never prepare to become parents. They still want to be those young lovebirds. They still want to go out there and still live like they don't have any children. As grandparents, that is not your damn job. Your job is to get out there and enjoy life. You've reared your kids. You need to have a schedule. If you want to see your grandkids, you want to have a schedule for them to come over. Their parents should be responsible for the logistics for those children. You had them, damn it, be responsible for them. Date night, grandma should not be sitting there having to watch TV all the time because she can't go out. And it's a major event because the child's parents decide, oh, well, you know, uh, Grandma, you, you can go out and have some fun tonight. I'll take care of the kids. Like, it's a special occasion. Mm -mm. No. Those kids are yours. That's your responsibility. Now you see, folks, 
why I did not have children. It's because it requires a full commitment. That means time. You cannot take the risk on taking other jobs, relocating to other states and country to work. It's a risk you take. Not saying that some people don't do it. Some people do it very successfully. But not everybody can. Not everybody does. See, I knew it was beyond my capacity because I took too many risks when it came down to careers. I didn't want to jeopardize a family today. Because it was going to be a very volatile environment. It's called personal responsibility. It's called integrity. If you know something's going to be fucked up for you, why would you drag somebody else and their family into it? Knowing that it's only going to be worse for them. Oh, I get it. You're doing it for your own comfort. Your own personal joy. Your own personal benefit. That's because you're thinking about yourself. Not really thinking about the family, but thinking about the kids. About you. So what it comes down to, people, is this. You're going to have to make a choice on some of the things in life that will benefit you and be a detriment to you. As you go along in life, you had a bad experience, you may want to take a post-mortem and look at some of the choices you made to make that bad experience and not blame it on someone else. Look at your participatory hand ended. A lot of people don't like doing that. It's the other person's fault and that's it, as far as they'll go. And the world just supposed to magically change because you declared that without the understanding that the reason why your life is fucked up is because you've invited some things in it that you really couldn't handle. Things you wanted, but didn't look at the consequences of getting them. I remember one time I was going to talk to a lady and she told me straight up, you don't want to talk to me. And I said, why not? You're a beautiful woman. She said, honey, she said, let me tell you something. She said, sit down, let me talk to you. And she was about 10 years older than me. She says, um, first of all, she asked me, how old was I? At that time, I was 35. She says, I'm 45. She says, I've been through three marriages. And they all broke up because it was my fault. She said, for a long time, I blamed them, my exes, for the problem. I was the problem. And she caught my interest because I never heard a woman actually confess about her part in it. I've always heard the jerk was the guy. And she said, let me tell you what I messed up. She said, after my first marriage, I thought it was his fault. But I didn't choose wisely. 
My parents didn't like him. Nobody liked him. I believed him. But he didn't believe in me. And I overcompensated to make it work. I did things to keep the relationship alive that I didn't have to. And then he finally left me. My second husband. Same thing, thinking it was going to get better. And then I looked at it from the standpoint that my job was to go in a relationship trying to overcompensate. She said, I didn't learn my lesson then. She said, my third husband, I did the same thing. And I never evaluated the quality of the man in any of those instances. I liked the way they looked. I liked the way they treated me. But I didn't look at the content and the substance of the man. And she said, so I wound up with three children. And those children are not really out of love. Those children was out of desperation. In the seeking of love. She says, I love my kids. She says, but I can't fool myself about it. And she says, for you to come into my life now, I wouldn't be able to treat you fairly. Because out of all those three men, you would bear the brunt, not only of my anger, of my suspicion, of my distrust, and that'd be unfair to you. And she said, plus not only that, you're too young for me. She said, but I appreciate your interest, but I would not be the right woman for you. We're still friends to this day. She was the first woman that ever told me something like that and was brutally honest. You know that term. But she was honest about the way she felt and her interpretation of what happened. And she was upfront with me about her not being honest, where she couldn't be biased towards me. And guess what I didn't do? I didn't push her for a relationship. And I told her that. I said, well, I thank you for sharing that with me. I'm not going to push you for a relationship. I'm going to push you for a friendship. Because I can learn more from you than I could do in a relationship with you. Smartest move I ever made. She was the one who opened my eyes to a lot of things that about women in general that I learned. I didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Baby was still good. Bathwater was dirty. Bathwater being symbolically my efforts to try to get with her as a girlfriend. So many ways I'm glad she warned me. And she dated. We've gone out several times. We had fun. But we knew not to get into a relationship. And a couple of times, yeah, we had sex. But she was self-aware. That's what I'm getting at. Self-aware. Wasn't possessive, wasn't insecure, 
very self-aware. It was kind of funny. I remember one time we had sex, she said, you know, she said, in the past, if I had met you years ago, oh, I'd be in love with you. I'd be falling all over you. I'd be worried about you being with another woman. I'd go through all this. She said, she said, you can leave me right now and go fuck another woman. It wouldn't mean anything to me. She said, that's the reason why I told you a relationship wouldn't do us any good. You live and learn. You live and learn. You know, years ago, there was a lady that I knew, and she talked about when she came, when she was going to become 30, by the time she was 30, and we were in our early 20s, and she said, you know, I'm going to have a whole bunch of babies. And a friend of mine was privy to the conversation, we were all talking, and he said, why are you going to do that? She said, well, I've always wanted to have a bunch of children. And he said, by the same man? She said, hopefully. He said, but I got a question for you. Take for instance, you have five kids and only one of them became successful. What would you think of the other four? Oh, I love them just the same. He said, now that kid that was successful, what if that kid was the oldest kid? Your first. She said, oh, my first, I'm going to treat my first so well, I'm going to really love him, and he's going to be able to take care of his siblings, and she went down that road. And what he was trying to express to her was, she was looking to have a whole bunch of kids so that one would be successful. And he didn't understand the logic. And she couldn't really explain it. And she said, after all, I came from a big family and I was the only one that was successful in it. Because she was the oldest. They spent more time with her than they did the rest of the kids. All of her other brothers and sisters, they were in juvenile court most of their lives. She was the only one that came out with a clean record. So it all depends. All depends. Some people are successful with their kids. Others, just doesn't work out that way. You know, I played that clip with that kid that was being ostracized by his father on TikTok. He got on. TikTok and start telling the girls that he was 22 and that he had this nice Nissan Altima and that he was living large, he was a rapper and he was a gangster. And his dad got on TikTok on his account, had him in the passenger seat. He said, whose car is this? Yours, dad. He said, how old are you? I'm 15. And he was telling them, ladies, he's not 22, he's 15. 
Then he explained to the people, this boy grew up in the suburbs in a five bedroom house. His mother's a doctor. He doesn't know anything about the hood. He doesn't have any street credit. He gets all A's in school. His mama still chops up his hot dog when she puts it in his ramen noodles. Trying to be gangster, trying to fit in, trying to get street cred, trying to get an identity that he didn't even need. Poor life choice, early. That's how you make poor life choices. Because then you put yourself in a place where you don't need to be. And you gotta deal with all the bullshit associated with it. Trying to get clout. Trying to get an identity. Trying to get a notoriety. Trying to get some sort of reputation. Well, folks, I thank you for listening to the show today. More to come tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.